By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 78, hour number two of the Cannabis one-on-one podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy, and it's about celebrating right now. Well, we are so close uh, to the big day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, the holiday season, the World Juniors. That's a big part of my holiday uh, traditions, and whatever it is that you're celebrating, I just hope that you're doing it safely, responsibly, and you're including cannabis. Um, We have A fun show for you, as usual, a tasty show for sure. But there is certainly just one way that this show, anyway, gets things going, and that's by finding out just what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? say what's your groove uh i want to know that uh while you're listening to this show if you are grooving with anything and i mean using uh some sort of cannabis please let me know uh this one from brad says i was listening to your podcast wrapping gifts while grooving with bruce banner peanut butter cookies and a very nice scotch love your podcast thanks for sharing Awesome stuff, Brad. That is great. So uh, threw that out on our uh, number one, as we always do on the show. And I love to hear what people are indeed grooving with. So I am going with uh, a little white lightning. And for reasons that you will find out coming up later on in the show, I don't want to spoil it too much, but this is from Highlands Grow. And as you will hear a little bit later when we discuss this further, uh, it is great for the evening. It's good for uh, relaxing and winding down. That's what I'm doing. Um, Recording this uh, late on the uh, 22nd will come out early on the 23rd, which is Festivus. We're going to talk about that in a second. So I'm going with some white lightning from uh, Highlands Grow, as you'll hear a little bit later about uh, this LP and this cultivar in particular. 
So, as I get things uh, sorted out uh, with this big old bag of weed from the uh, Volcano Hybrid, uh, I call it the uh, Supernova, because uh, I use Click and Collect at Nova Cannabis from my friend Chris Ionson to pick it up. So that's why it's called the old Supernova. And uh, this is delicious. White Lightning. The lineage on this is out of sight. You're going to absolutely love it. So, one more hit from the big old bag of weed. And we can start discussing what is coming down the hash pipe on this episode. Chef Jordan Wagman is going to join me. We're going to talk about uh, his journey uh, with cannabis and uh, eating and diet and, you know, just what he eats, how he eats, uh, how he involves cannabis. Wonderful conversation. We're also going to tell you about some holiday treats that you might be able to want to give a try. Um, as we heard uh, from the, uh, the the listener about eating cookies. That's cool. That's uh, awesome. So Brad was eating some, I think he said uh, some uh, butter cookies, peanut butter cookies. There's lots of different treats, shortbread, um, different things that you might want to try. Jordan's going to give a few suggestions as well. So also, um, we're going to just discuss, you know, cooking with uh, cannabis in general and using cannabis to infuse your foods. Today is Festivus, December 23rd, when this uh, episode will be uploaded. And we are going to celebrate Festivus just with the airing of grievances. Not the uh, feats of strength. We're not going to get the pole out. I don't know. I don't know. There's not really anything in here poll-wise. So we are going to have airing of grievances. So if you have a grievance, hit me up on uh, one of our social media feeds, either uh, at the Cannabis 101. You can get us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. You can email me, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. What is your airing of grievance? What grievance do you want to get off your chest as we celebrate Festivus? on this 23rd of December. We will also check out What's That Strain with Chris Ionson, our good friend from Nova Cannabis on Jasper Ave. We'll give you a few last-minute stocking stuffer ideas for that as well. We'll have What Pairs Well with Cannabis. Our cannabis character is from Saturday Night Live, and we'll tell you a little bit later about the uh, Weed Weekly and uh, how you can get involved uh, with our weekly giveaway and so much more. But let's get things going with... The cannabis question. It's prize time. <laughs> Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So if you're watching, you can see the question on the screen. If you're listening and you'd like to watch, check out our YouTube channel. We also have uh, episodes and segments streaming uh, throughout the day on our social media channels. Uh, the care, uh, The question is, what and who is your favorite Christmas character? I'm a sucker for Rudolph, especially the claymation, the old claymation one. Uh, but more modern movies, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of 
National Lampoon. And, you know, not just the main characters. You know, my favorite characters, it's got to be, like, I know Clark is great, but Cousin Eddie with Shitter's Full is unbelievable. Uh, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus and whoever her husband is in that movie as the neighbors, that's a, that's also a really good side character. Um, not a main character from that movie. Pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I, I also like uh, Tom Hanks from uh, Polar Express. I, uh, I really like that uh, character as well. Um, so there's good ones. I'm, uh, for the first time this year, going to watch uh, the uh, the most famous uh, Jimmy Stewart Christmas movie because I love Jimmy Stewart as the six shooter in Westerns, so I'll check him out as an iconic Christmas character. So I would love to know who is your favorite Christmas character. Send me an email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on our social media feeds on Twitter at the cannabis 101 Facebook and Instagram, you can get us at the Cannabis 101 Podcast, and we will have a Cannabis 101 Podcast prize back to give away just for chiming in. It won't get to you in time for Christmas, but it uh, will get to you as a late Christmas present. So that's the Cannabis question. As for what pairs well with cannabis, that is anything that I pair or you pair or anyone pairs with cannabis. You do something that you like to involve cannabis with, love to hear about it so breakthroughs uh that's what i love about cannabis is it allows me to break through i was stuck on a few things in the last little while and uh she never lets me down does uh, mary jane and and in and it was really really great uh, to have this breakthrough and be able to have uh, uh something that was weighing on me lifted off of my shoulders also uh i'm gonna go with the world juniors because this is the last show that we'll have uh, before Christmas and that tournament gets started, uh, we will have a uh, kind of a sore, uh, you know, top stories of 2020 uh, with David Wiley that will come out next week. Uh, but this will be our last official show. So what pairs well is the World Juniors, and I used to sit around drinking a lot of beer, a lot of rum, a lot of booze, watching the World Juniors. And you know, now I'll have some edibles, I'll have some cannabis drinks, I'll smoke some joints as I get nervous cheering for Team Canada. Uh, so that's a tradition that has kind of changed over time. We used to sit around and you know drink a bunch of beer and stuff like that. Now, if I was to be sitting with people, it would be my wife and I watching the World Juniors, and I'll be uh, consuming copious amounts of cannabis while I cheer on Canada. So that's what pairs well with cannabis. And uh, now we're getting to the Festivus part of the show where we're going to have the airing of the grievances. So uh, I'd love to hear yours. Uh, please send yours in to the uh, social media channels that I mentioned before or our email address. Um, I've got three of them. Uh, the first grievance is uh, goes out to a lot of LPs. Dry pot. At the very least, include a humidity pack because even when you do include those humidity packs by the time i get it that humidity pack is dried up and the cannabis is still pretty good but could be better so imagine without those humidity packs just what it is like so please that's a grievance dry pot is i i shouldn't have to work so hard when i get the pot at home to bring it back to uh good levels uh so please 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 lps out there include humidity packs with your cannabis this this could be a, a mountain i'm gonna uh climb and uh, maybe a hill i'd be willing to die on i might not stop until this starts happening on a regular basis uh number two is is ghosts and what i mean by that is 
getting ghosted. There's a lot of really great people in the cannabis space. And there's a lot of people that do a lot of things to help you. And I try to pay it forward. I try to help other people when I can. And there's a lot of other people that I've learned that from over time in different things. And this space is all about paying it forward, helping other people. Unfortunately, there are people out there that get what they need and then they're done. And you don't hear from them again. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, unfortunately, I've experienced that with a few people. Uh, they reach out, they ask for some help, they ask for uh, some assistance and promotion and, and uh, you know, maybe getting on the show and different things. You do that, and then all of a sudden, you don't hear from them anymore and things like that. So that's unfortunate. So that's a grievance that I have is that, you know, it's it's not as bad in the cannabis space as it, it is in other spaces where you where you have some sort of way of doing some promotional work, but it is happening in the cannabis space. And, and that's a bit of a, a grievance that I have. The third thing I have is no delivery. Now, I know some parts of Canada, there is delivery. I live in Alberta where we have the most amount of stores and we don't have delivery. As I mentioned many times on this show, the fastest demographic in cannabis consumption is the seniors. Uh, that demographic is also the most affected by COVID-19. So at the very least, there should be delivery now, and it should continue onwards. All uh, you know, I went on Skip the Dishes the other day. There was almost as many uh, liquor stores as there were restaurants as far as delivering. So all the cannabis space, and me included, just want equal footing. Just allow the cannabis space to be able to do the same thing you allow other intoxicants to do. And don't even get me started on the medical side because that's something that we really have to fix as well. So that is the airing of grievances. And uh, now uh, just to uh, to make up for that, because uh, that was a little bit negative, I'd like to thank a bunch of people for being partners on this show. Uh, we have David Wiley of the OZ on Mondays, Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company also on Mondays. Uh, Andre from Regal Cigars has been great. And of course, the fine folks from Stonesmiths, a local Edmonton company. Listen, if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift, you can find these at Shell Shock in Edmonton, Calgary. You can get them at Smokers Junction, Cowboys Smoke Shop in Calgary, and in Vancouver. This is an awesome vape pen, and it's local. What is everybody saying? Shop local. Check out the website at stonesmiths.ca. Uh, big thanks to them. And, of course, you, the listener and the viewer for being the most important partner because without you listening, this is just me babbling into a microphone on a weekly basis. And trust me, my wife would really, really wonder uh, what was going on then. So thank you, the listener and the viewer. Chef Jordan Wagman on the other side of the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog. through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
Jordan, it is great to chat with you uh, for this interview. Uh, you and I have been uh, chatting a little bit before this, and uh, certainly we found out that we have a lot in common. But welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, finally. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, dude, you're you're awesome. I told you off offline that I was a fan of yours. So this is this is great. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat with you, particularly because of the time of the season that it is for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, you're obviously a very accomplished chef. Uh, you're an author. You have your own show uh, as far as uh, podcast material and, and cannabis. So we have a lot to uh, to get into. But, you know, you are a, a cannabis uh, culinary uh, expert, consultant. You're involved in that. What did you do? And this is a question I ask all of my guests. What did you do before you got into the cannabis space? I know the answer, but maybe maybe other people don't. So, I mean, the answer is is that cannabis is just another great ingredient that I cook with. It's it's it's. I'm not a cannabis chef. I'm I cook with cannabis as a, as I do a scallop or a cauliflower or you know, cucumber. Um, but I have been cooking with cannabis for a very long time um, from a recreational standpoint. And then six years ago, when I sought the help of a naturopath, uh, as a result of this one meeting, I stopped eating gluten, dairy and sugar, and then started eating cannabis um, and recognizing the benefits of the plant, you know, as a whole, um, and, and the benefits of it. And that's when sort of everything changed so so do you have uh, do you um include cannabis and infuse cannabis in in everything that you uh cook and eat is it you know some meals and some not meals or how, how does it work with uh, the lifestyle yeah so so from a from a provider standpoint um it's 80 20 80 percent of what i do is a 15 course meal that has nothing to do with cannabis people just come and have an, a, a great meal in my my restaurant which is my in my home uh or it used to be and now it's it's going to be outside my home mm -hmm. um and so when you come here for the cannabis component, it's the same exact food. I'm just infusing it with cannabis. And I, you know, I could explain that. Um, from a personal standpoint, it's, it's really all about me. I consume it by way of oils every single day. I drink a cannabis honey. Um, so it's, it's cannabis honey and water literally all day long. Um, and, and it's really just an, every day, all day sort of thing, getting my CBD and my THC through oils. And, you know, I do smoke some flour for THC, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's personally. And then, and then I have, you know, I was, I was explaining to you, I have this, this sort of product, which is, you know, fruit, fruit leather and fruit reminds me of being a kid and eating fruit roll up. So mm -hmm. I make these with and without uh, THC and CBD and it's really, really simple. And, you know, people, viewers, your listeners can, can find this, this, uh, this web, this everywhere. I'm happy to give you the recipe, but you know, it's things like this that just make it easy for me to be on the fly, be on the run, be in the car, be at home, pull something out and know that it doesn't have sugar in it. Because for me, that's a deterrent when I'm, when I'm eating cannabis infused food stuff. Well, it only makes sense for sure. It just becomes, uh, you know, part of, uh, just like, it's become part of my medicine, my my daily way of life, whether it's CBD or, 
you know, different times uh, with uh, with THC as well. So one of the things that uh, is is you know one of the many things that is very impressive with you is. You're a James Beard nominated chef, and this is how I'm going to explain. And correct me if I'm wrong. That's like the Hart Trophy, you know. Like we love hockey here. We're getting ready for the NHL. You're nominated for basically the Hart Trophy as far as chefs, in my opinion. What was that like, and 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 how did that <laughs> come to be? So only a sports person would make that would draw that <laughs> parallel. So thank you and. And, and, and another thank you is no one has ever said that to me before. So I want to, that's so creative and so interesting. So I liken it to the Academy Awards. So I, I say that it's, it, you know, for, for, to the layperson, it's, it's basically the Academy Awards for, for the culinary professionals, but, but you're right. I mean, I was nominated as one of the top 10 up and coming chefs in North America and it was a, it was a privilege and, you know, it's, it's, it's great honor. And I, and I had the opportunity to cook for them, uh, to cook at the Beard House in New York, but I was a young man and I thought I was on top of the world and that I understood, you know, you had children and, and, and how little I knew, but, um, yeah, it, it meant a lot. And it certainly is something that very easily is instant validation um, and respect, I think, you know, before you get to know me and realize that I'm here to help you and it's not about me. I don't care about me anymore. I only care about you and helping you as a chef and you as a business person. And what can I do to prop you up? And, you know, that's so I, I use it to my advantage now in terms of um, you know, it does give me some validation, no question, but I think I earn it too now. You know, sure. I'm not so sure I did as a young man, um, uh, but it certainly meant a lot. Yeah. yeah. How, how we, uh, it's like that song, right? If you, you know, you can go back in time and tell yourself something, a few things, uh, I don't even know if our younger selves would even I'd listen. I'd smack right? myself I, in the freaking <laughs> head, dude. I would, I, I, I would have a lot to say. Yeah, but would would our younger selves even even listen? I don't know if we even would have listened if somebody could come back in time. But uh, hey, we're he, we're here uh, for a reason, and uh, we're enjoying life now. And and it's interesting. We, we talked about cooking with cannabis and infusing cannabis in your food, um, and you know that's something that has changed over time. But but how you learn. Uh, to become, you know, a, a, a classic uh, chef, a culinary chef, is not how you uh, work in the kitchen or whatever these days. Uh, tell us about how that has changed and 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 why, and how it has impacted your health. Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll start with the sunshine. So you know, it it was initially. My, the first piece to my health puzzle, I figured, was the sunshine. And I, I, I'd explained, I, I think, to you off air that I lived in a tent at the Dead Sea in Israel getting psoriasis treatments. And, and, and everything changed for me and a better understanding of the impact of the sunshine. But the sun's not also that, that healthy for me so or for anyone. So I have suffered, you know, anytime I left the sunshine and I went to culinary school in Florida. Why? Because I wanted to study in Florida and because it was a great restaurant scene, but also there was sunshine and I moved to California. Why? Because there was sunshine and I had an opportunity to live in Jamaica. Why? Because there was sunshine. And so that was really the parallel. But what I realized was six years ago when I sought the help of a natural path, that the some of the foods that I was eating was negatively impacting my health. And so it really was this aha moment and this, 
you're a dummy moment because how dare you? You're a culinary person. Like you've trained with some amazing people. Food's been in your, you know, in your DNA for decades now. And you didn't realize that it was food all along that was negatively impacted you. So, so from this one meeting, I removed gluten, dairy, and refined sugar from my diet. And I'd started doing research on the benefits of eating cannabis. And I started eating cannabis. I got a, a medical license or a medical prescription. And I started eating cannabis. And everything changed. 60 days later, 30 pounds melted off my body. My psoriasis started to go away. And, you know, and I've been awesome up until this most recent, because I had a wheat beer, um, you know, a week ago, and I had a bit of a flare up. But as a result of that meeting, you know, my, my approach to food has never changed. You buy the best ingredients you can, you do very little to them, and you serve them to your clients, to those that you love, whomever. But what's happened now is that now I just cook with different ingredients. So I don't cook with gluten. I certainly don't cook with butter anymore. My butter is, is avocado oil. It's got a high smoking point. It's got a neutral flavor. Um, it doesn't imp impact me negatively. And so I like to say that I cook with the, you know, I cook the foods, same technique, same culinary approach, um, same mindset, but with ingredients my, my natural path would approve of. It's so fascinating um, how, um, like, all, you know, you, you kind of, you said you work with food your whole life, and then this is the the problem, but to be able to find that solution and still enjoy all those great foods, and then cannabis involved in it is kind of like the, you know, the cherry on the top, pardon the pun. Um, so what was it about, uh, you know, realizing that? And realizing that you're going to start cooking with cannabis and saying, hey, let's let's take this and, you know, and it's, a, it's obviously a passion and get it into, you know, the industry. You know, what was it that you decided to say, let's start, uh, you know, cooking with cannabis for a lack of a better term as, as part of the cannabis industry? So I, I think there was um, uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say three things. There was a relearning, there was a void, and there was education. And so the relearning part was I had to go home, I had to relearn how to actually bake. How do I make brownies without egg, without mm. sugar, without flour? Well, how the hell am I, without chocolate? How am I making that? Well, now my brownies are freaking awesome with avocado and coconut oil and raw cacao and maple syrup. They're killer. If you didn't know what was in them, you'd never know. So there was a big relearning opportunity for me. Then there, I realized very quickly that there was a void. There was a real void of people. Forget men, women. Forget, forget who's suffering. There are people who are suffering who, whether, whether it's psoriasis or other autoimmune, who are looking for ways to cook infused food stuff without sugar and without gluten and without dairy for sure. But sugar is really, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be the common thread with all of us. And so, so there was a void. I identified the void. And then furthermore, there, there had to be that education. So I've always known it's, it's logical to me. I mean, I, I've been cooking with cannabis my whole life and now cooking with the oils and, and now with even the precise, and this is really what it comes down to is the, the ability to do offer precise dosing or very close to precise dosing through my bath bath or batch methodology, which is you're adding oil to a puree, you divide the puree, 
by, you know, and, and very quickly you can find out and figure out plus or minus how much is on each plate or per serving. And, you know, it's for me, it's it's just an education of not only for me, but it was it's about the consumer understanding how do I eat this food stuff today where next month and next year the experience is going to be similar. And it doesn't have to be the same, but similar. And that's the problem I've found over time. And my research has been the, the, the inconsistencies of the dosage. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a hundred milligrams in there and it happened to somebody I know where they're, you know, they, they joked with me, thankfully everything was okay. But you know, the, the, the gummy happened to be a hundred milligrams. They thought it was 10. So they decided to eat half. So they wanted five and they ended up eating 50. And so, you know, yeah, it's, 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 so for me, it's really about the education of being able to make your own food stuff and have that repeatable experience. So it was really about the relearning, identifying the void, and then, you know, trying to educate the consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that consistency is is so important and 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 difficult because as we often say on this show, everybody reacts differently to cannabis. You and I can, uh, you know, you and I can smoke uh, the same cultivar, uh, say let's say Blue Dream, and and we could both have uh, different effects from it because of our endocannabinoid system. So being able to figure that out for people, that's very important. Uh, People like some sort of predictability, as much as predictability as you can get with cannabis. Well, here's, here's what I would say. We have had, we have hosted numerous media outlets in my home and some of which, if not most I won't say all because that might be a stretch, but I'll say most of which this was their first foray into cannabis, first foray into cannabis or first foray into a cannabis meal. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between what it is that I'm doing. I make it, I make it approachable for everyone. There's nothing that I serve that is going to be more than two or three milligrams, because if you're, someone that can consume 100 milligrams, all the power to you, have some more chocolates. But if I'm doing 15 courses, just, you know, full disclosure, not every, not all of your courses THC, only six of them would have THC. The vast majority would not. They would be CBDs and they would do, they, I just, I like to incorporate the entire plant. Um, But if somebody is going to consume more, by all means, you can have more. But if those people are there and this is their first opportunity. They want the knowledge that they're not going to get super high, that they're just going to be just, just a little bit there. And so I literally start things off with one or two small THC um, uh, plates. And then literally, this is exactly how it goes. There would be nine CBD courses. And then I'd go back or, or six CBD courses or seven or whatever it was. And I'd go back to two or three dessert THC courses. And so people who are just entering into it for the first time, they can have a couple chocolates or they can have half their dessert. But I really make sure that everyone can experience it. And it's the entire breadth. It's not just one dimensional because it can't be. That will scare people off. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you you kind of mentioned just some of the things that you you're doing as far as uh, fifteen course meals. 
uh, and and uh, in house or out of the house now as we're talking about it. Can you can you uh, give us some ideas of what you're doing in the cannabis space? Maybe you know what people might if they're interested in working with you. What they what uh, sort of things they they can expect? For sure. Um, you know, I, I don't really stand on my soapbox. I, I, I work with brands and companies that I feel complement what it is that that my core values are, which is, you know, I, I believe in providing healthier food stuff. So for me, what I do is my restaurant has been my home and I built my home so that essentially around my island, I have 12 stools and I also have my range right in my island. So you can sit around my island and you can watch me cook. Now what I've done is I've actually renovated my garage. So that's going to convert into my new dining room. So I have this outdoor space that's really cool that one day when I can actually serve humans again. Mm -hmm. So that is my real love. That's why I do what I do because I love cooking for people. It's the instant gratification. It's making people happy. It's, it's just being a host. I love that. So that's from a personal standpoint. And, and obviously, you know, the restaurant we were booking out six and seven months in advance. I only do it one time a week and it's an awesome experience unlike anything you'll ever have in the cannabis space by far and away. Um, but really working with companies and working with LPs and working with, you know, different products and, and companies that are looking to, you know, come out of the legacy to the legal, um, you know, I love working with them. And, and not everything that I do, I'm compensated for. I, I'm very philanthropic. I love giving back. I love being a part of things and, and you know, and, and just being there to help guide if there's a culinary angle because I feel as though I have something to offer. Um, but it's also the ability to scale. Um, I used to own a baby food company. Let me rephrase. My wife used to own a baby food company and she was in the market for 10 years. It was a frozen organic baby food and she ended up selling the company after a decade and it was amazing. And they were all my recipes and we scaled it, you know, from my kitchen at home all the way to, you know, a co-packer. And so that the, the very translatable skills. So I'm a part of many different facets where I hope to be one day we're going to have, you know, you and I will hopefully on, on my show or yours, we will talk about, you know, a full service restaurant one day. And, you know, I, I hope, um, I've got a lot of cool things cooking, pardon the pun, but I'm really excited about, um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm here to help that. That's, that's what I'm doing in the cannabis space. I'm here to help. All right, so we're going to get back to the in the kitchen uh, in just a second, but you also have your own show, as you mentioned, uh, in the weeds. So tell us a little bit about you know what that was like. Um, you know why did you want to start that, and uh, you know what what are you learning from your own show? Well, I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot, and it's hard work. And I and I, as I was telling you, I respect what what people like you have done in a career because it's it's not easy to be on that side of the mic. Um, in the weeds, it's funny because it has nothing to do with cannabis. You'd think it does, but it doesn't. Uh, in the weeds is a culinary term, meaning we are behind the eight ball. And we need to come together in order to get out of the shit or get out of the weeds. And when you're in the weeds, it means you have literally 20 chits up. You know, you're, you have people waiting for a half an hour or for an hour already, and they're already ready. You know, they're, they're prepared to leave. That's being in the weeds. So when, when the pandemic hit, 
I, I really said, you know what, my brothers and sisters, and obviously I'm not blind to the fact that there's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a cannabis reference as well. I'm not blind to that. So when the, and it, and it suited me. Um, so when the, when the pandemic hit and I realized that, you know, my, my, my peers, my brothers, my sisters, people that I admire are really hurting in the, in the hospitality industry. I created a platform on Instagram where we could talk about them and, you know, really just prop them up. And, and it's where I'm at in my life. I just want to help other people. And so this is really translated into, uh, we are going to start a cannabis, uh, or excuse me, we're, we are going to start a, a formal podcast. Um, which I'm excited about, um, but it's been awesome on Instagram, and in the 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 response has been great, and it's really branched out into discussions about psoriasis, which is my autoimmune disorder or my or disease, and 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 really some amazing topics that really all come back to food. Mm. So it's been well, amazing. You, you fooled me. I thought it was about weed, so uh, I can't I can't wait to see how that expands and and I, I wonder if you could expand on something that kind of we've talked about and uh, we mentioned here. You actually spent a year of your life uh, living uh, in in was it at the 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 Dead Sea? The Dead Sea, yeah, yeah. in Israel. Yeah, it, it. Listen, you know, my psoriasis is something that I'm very psoriasis and mental illness are two things that I I will stand very loud and proud and and beat my chest and whom you know whomever I can help. Um, but I was a disaster. I came home from university and and I was crying and and my father said that's it, like just go. And so I was in a hotel for a month and and it wasn't cheap and it's not like i could live in a hotel for a year so when i realized that after a month after 30 days my skin was getting better and i knew what i had to do i bought a tent and i moved to the Engedi camping ground and for 12 more months i lived in a, in a in a camping ground and my then girlfriend now wife we've been together for 28 years um you know she was studying at tel aviv university and so she would come down and see me. And every day, uh, my life consisted of waking up, smoking a joint. Back then, it was rolling it with tobacco because that's what all the Israelis did. Um, and then I would go and I would tan naked <clears throat> with my guitar every single day and play naked backgammon. And I had long flowing hair until Benny said to me, and this goes back, you know, a long time ago. And, uh, Benny said to me, uh, Jordan, if, if, if you, uh, if you want to get rid of your psoriasis, you have to go what they called karachat and it meant bald. And so I'm like, dude, I'm not going bald. And so I, I, I just looked, looked at the picture the other day. So I've been bald for 28 years. So I shaved my head, my psoriasis went away. So it was an incredible experience. I learned a lot about myself and what I can, what I can endure. That is uh, amazing, and and I listen. I'll be honest. I had no idea. Um, I I all I thought psoriasis was was a, a rashy skin condition until we started talking, and I did a little research. Actually, I talked to my uh, my psychiatrist about that, and and I just said I had no idea that. But the more research you do in it, and it's uh, debilit. It sounds like it, it is actually debilitating. You you told me when we were talking about people you would see coming to the Dead Sea and help. Can you reiterate the story of them getting off the bus and then getting on the bus? A hundred percent. So, and, and these are, these are vivid, vivid images in my mind. 
where every month, every six weeks, there was a revolving door because I was using the Danish government had um, had a solarium, which was basically four walls on the beach and the Dead Sea. And they rented it from the Israeli government. And so every six weeks, four to six weeks, a new bus would come in where the the new patients would come from Denmark and the old would leave. Some would get off the bus with a walker, some in a wheelchair, and they would leave, you know, flipping that walker over their shoulder because it's just so healing. And 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 to see and to see the look on these people's faces is, you know, and I've been there. You know, an understanding of freedom and flexibility until you get off the fucking plane, mm-hmm. you know, until you get off the plane. And, and then it's a disaster because it just comes back like that. Plus, most people living with psoriasis have no idea of the diet component. They're, right. And it, they're just too afraid. Yeah, yeah, they're just too afraid. So I, I just want to t- touch on one other thing that, you know, is part of my psoriasis story. I wrote every high school exam in the hospital. I've spent a year of my life in the hospitals, two in Sunnybrook in Toronto and two in Sick Children's Hospital in Toronto, both for three months, four months at a time. So, you know, it's and, and I was an inpatient where people, my friends would come down and, and see me and visit me. And those are the friends that even till today, you know, what they did for me resonates. Mm-hmm. So sun, diet, and then how did cannabis uh, fit in as uh, maybe the, you know, one of the, the third or uh, one of the pieces of the puzzle? Yeah, it's the inflammation. Um, it, so cannabis always had a, an amazing effect on me. So let me give you an example. If I ever had a stomachache, have you ever had a stomachache and you smoke a joint and you feel better? Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible, incredible. And I never put two and two together. Clematogis, though, like I, I loved Caesars. Like my brothers would drink Caesars. And you know what? Every single time, every single time, Dean, I would drink a Caesar and I'd get a huge, huge, huge stomachache. So for me, it was like, you know, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't engage I can't eat that way anymore. So I was able to up here say, okay, there's wine was another one. You can't drink these things. But I never was able to find something that allowed my inflammation to stay in check, that even in December. And so once I started understanding what cannabis was, you know, what the pot plant is, that it's not just, I had no idea. It's like when I first started in my family's business, I had no idea what FOB meant, freight on board. I had no idea. And it's a word, an acronym that I say 40 times a day. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. 19 years later, CBD, I had no idea what that was. You know, is it pink Kush? Cause I really like pink Kush. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I cared about. Um, and, and, and I never really put two and two together. So once I understood the impact that cannabis had on me and I understood it had on others who are suffering like me, that it keeps our inflammation down, I really started to include a lot of it, a lot of it in my everyday regimen. Uh, and it uh, certainly definitely makes sense. Okay, let's get back to the kitchen now. And somebody out there watching or listening has decided they would love to start infusing cannabis with their food. What is, you know, one kind of general guideline, first piece of advice you would give somebody who doesn't have any experience with it? 
Yeah, I mean, my my go to would be, you know, I'll hide the 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 brand, but you know, you you get an oil, and and you you have something that tells you exactly how many uh, milligrams of of THC and and or CBD are in each milliliter and so from that standpoint that you can you can assure yourself a little bit more of that repeatable experience um it's also again for the person who's this is their first foray you don't want to have to decarb your pot um in your house and it can become smelly and my friend jeff the 420 chef in california has amazing you know jeff uh he's he's amazing um, but he's got some great products that I know are, are very user friendly. But I find the most user friendly is buying an oil that you from a from a, uh, a supplier that you trust, um, a producer that you trust, and a store that you trust, and and so that you can be assured you know exactly what you're putting into your food. The other thing is this, and this is really where most people go awry. I try not to heat my cannabis, okay? There are some baked, there are some cannabis baked goods that I have without question. And it, and they're great, but I really try to avoid and try to keep everything in check. That way the terpenes, all the profiles are there. Although I'm not huge, huge, huge on my terpenes anyways, because if I'm only putting, you know, a, a teaspoon, which is five milliliters of, of an oil that's got a heavy sort of lemon or aroma to it or terpene profile, it's going to get lost and drowned out by the cacao, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that it's really all about emulsifying into liquid. So that's the biggest secret I can give you. So what does that mean? Caesar dressing, great vehicle for it. Okay, making a vinaigrette, making a sauce, making a pesto where you're putting into a blender, you're agitating it and you're making this emulsification where you're combining these things, the oil and the water that don't necessarily mix. But that's what you're that's what you're creating when you're creating an emulsification. So when that, that's really the, the trick is, you know, from my standpoint, I like to use the oil and I like to infuse my cannabis with an emulsification. So I'm not searing scallops or a piece of fish in cannabis oil. Never. I'm not dripping cannabis oil on top of that salmon. What I will do is sometimes, and I know, you know, we cheated offline and you asked me about the, the decarb pod, mm. but where I would use some of that decarb pod is, you know, as long as it hasn't been, you know, near, you know, near somebody, I would absolutely mix that with toasted hemp seeds and, and salt and pepper and smoked olive oil and have that as a little bit of a crust on top. So it has a beautiful, I love the flavor and smell of decarb pot. I love it. It's one of my favorites. So I would absolutely be sprinkling some of that on top. Um, but that's what I would say is use your cannabis oil in emulsification. So in liquids. It's interesting. Uh, I, I asked you about this. I've got these two giant jars of AVB already vaped bud, and I would like to know what to do with them. So can you, you know, you, you mentioned just a couple of things like uh, people, you know, people should know that this makes your, your weed, your pot, your cannabis, whatever you're calling it, go just a little bit farther because you're almost double dipping with it. Yeah, without question. So I, so, so it has multiple purposes. So my favorite 
carrier oil is coconut oil. I love coconut oil. It's, it's my moisturizing oil on, you know, topically it's, I consume it every day in, in baking and, and pastries, but I, I just, I absolutely love coconut oil. So I would take some of that. Now, is it as strong as the original bud you put into that, you know, in, into whatever? No, of course it's not. Right. But, and this is, I don't play a doctor. I'm not a chemist. I'm not a, like, I'm not a scientist, but I know from experience. So I would absolutely mix that with coconut oil and keep it on low temperature. So by that, I mean, you bring it up to a simmer and then you turn it right down until you see one or two bubbles and let that go for 10 hours, let that go for 12 hours. And, and then you'll strain that out and you'll get an incredible, incredible flavorful infusion. All right. I am looking forward to doing that. You mentioned something earlier that um, a lot of people hear the term, but they might not know what it is. Decarbing your weed. Can you can you explain if, you know, if somebody is going to go the flower route, you know, what it is and why it's important? Yeah. So, I mean, I, again, when it comes to I, I like to refer the only expertise that I have is when it comes to using cannabis in food but here's how i understand it okay we convert from thc to thc we are heating our cannabis and it is becoming what makes us or giving us that psychoactive effect so way i decarb is and i did this two years ago and i haven't had to do it since i had like six liters of coconut oil and I had a huge bag of shake. And so I decarbed it. I just put it on a sheet pan in the oven. And I just sort of until I could smell it. And so that's where, and here's, I'll liken this and give you, you know, a culinary tip with, with regards to heating up and releasing essential oils in spices, in herbs, in really virtually anything you're cooking with. Okay. And so when you're decarbing, you're releasing all these amazing oils, but you know, you're converting the THC to TH THCA to THC. From there, we take that cannabis that's beautifully dark and, and nicely roasted. And we start to infuse that into, I mean, you can use butter, you can use oils. I like to use coconut oil. Coconut oil then sets and gets coagulated in the fridge. And I still have it two years later, one of my all time favorites, but that's decarbing. And, and there are people who do it and do it really well. I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on food first, um, then the actual, you know, front end of the cannabis creation. I want good quality oils that I'm cooking with because I have a food first approach. Mm -hmm. That it's, it's very good advice for people that are specially new that, uh, maybe are looking, uh, to, to get involved. So what are some of the foods? Um, are there better foods to use? I, I love your idea about dressings and things like that. So, um, you know, what are some of the things that you, what different foods or things that you like to work with when you're infusing? So great question. And so I, I, I like to infuse raw flour. I like to use, you know, as you call the already vape flour. Um, I, I like to use the oils. I like to... So there's a couple applications. I will pan sear um, lamb chops. I will sear them just again so they're totally blue, totally raw inside, okay? I'll put them in the oven 
and I'll cook them to a medium rare. I let them rest. Resting is when you allow all the juices to disperse, okay, so they don't end up on the bottom of the plate. I take some Dijon mustard that I've infused with some cannabis, okay, and I will put, you know, a teaspoon on each one, and I'll spread it around, and then I will have some toasted, as I said, this, this toasted um, hemp seed crust, where I'll have some raw or some already vape flour in there, and then crust that lamb chop on uh, with that seed mixture. So it's so sexy. So that's one application I absolutely love. And that's two applications on there, right? So the Dijon mustard, love doing mustards. I mm. love infusing mustards. They last a really long time, okay? Caesar dressing um, I, is, is certainly one of my favorite, but you can turn that into anything you want, right? It's just an emulsification. Here's my absolute favorite too. One is a cherry tomato sauce, one of my signature sauces. Two ingredients other than the cannabis oil. You have cherry tomatoes and olive oil. You bring cherry tomatoes home from the store. You rinse them under warm water. Why warm water? Because if you rinse them under cold water, no impurities are going to melt away. All the impurities melt away under warm water. You put them into their pot. You toss a little bit of olive oil on there. You, you cover it. What happens is the steam, the oil starts to split the skins of the tomato, all the juice from the tomato starts to come out. And you see, you start with very little liquid, you have the olive oil alone, and then you have tons of liquid in the pan, basically submerging all the cherry tomatoes. Toss that into a blender, remove the top, because anytime you're going to blend something, you always want to remove the top other, or blend something hot, because otherwise, the moment you take it off, boom, it, you know, it's going to end up on your ceiling, um, <laughs> right? Because it's steam, everything needs somewhere to escape. So you take that cherry tomato mixture, take your, your salt, pepper, and your cannabis oil, put them in your blender, and you emulsify it. My favorite, favorite, favorite sauce goes with everything. From there, you could toss in, you could cool it down and make a vinaigrette from that. I, toss, I, I make you know meatballs with that. My second favorite, pesto. Pesto is my absolute favorite. Why? Because Pesto for me is always nut-free and always dairy-free. So nut-free because there's so many nut allergies. I don't like to make different, you know, concoctions and, and different food stuff. I'd rather just have one. So I always make them nut-free. Dairy-free because I'm completely dairy-free. So pesto is great. Same application. You know, you put it in a blender. You emulsify everything together with the cannabis oil. Boom, boom, boom. But the applications are, you know, they're just it's it's there's a plethora so you could make a vinaigrette you could you know make poached potatoes or roasted potatoes take a tablespoon you know how much cannabis is in there boom you toss it in there you toss it in a bowl gorgeous fragrant cannabis infused potatoes so you start by infusing as i said earlier is the tip and trick is really it's all about infusing the liquids. And then that's what you add to your food stuff. So you want to brush your salmon with it? By all means. You have a teaspoon, you have quarter teaspoon, you know exactly, exactly how much cannabis is in that measurement. Ah, brilliant. Great ideas for people that are looking to get into this. And it's a pretty special time of the year where people are probably still doing a little uh, Christmas baking or creations. Uh, are there any uh, kind of like uh, favorite classic holiday treats that uh, you would uh, maybe recommend people infusing with cannabis this year? You know, I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm I love chocolate. I really do. I'm I'm a I have a sweet tooth. Um, I love ice cream. So here's here's really my favorite thing to do. Anytime you have fruit, 
if you're consider and let, let's just talk about applesauce it's really a, a, a everyone knows applesauce but if you make a fruit puree that's similar to applesauce and you cool it down and you puree that with your cannabis oil and put that in your ice cream machine boom instant sorbet instant ice cream that easy that simple you want coconut ice cream take coconut milk put some aromatics in there some cinnamon some vanilla whatever you want bring it up to a simmer you always want to cool it down blend it with the cannabis oil boom put that into your ice cream maker incredible coconut uh ice cream coconut yogurt whatever you want to call it so that's my favorite favorite thing to do with cannabis that and my fruit leather of course yes exactly i like that all right let's talk about you know, um, different, uh, you know, types of cannabis that, that you could cook with uh, or infuse with. Uh, do you have some favorites? Um, you know, like uh, the cultivar I love is Blue Dream. I know you're a big Pink Kush fan and things like that. Uh, are, do you have favorite specific ones? I, I know some of the ice cream cake ones, they smell like baking already. I wonder what they would be like. But do you have a favorite couple that you like to use? I like, I, you know, it's funny because there's, there's a couple Oreo, like uh, girl guide cookies, mm. um, you know, like there's, I like them, but, but I'll be honest with you. They, they just, it's just not a huge part of my everyday cannabis food. So, you know, from, I love it personally. So from a recreational standpoint, yeah, without question from an application standpoint for clients, it's more about if I use it. I will use the raw flour and grate because I love that. I love the accent of it and the different terpene profiles in raw flour because that's where you're really getting it is so just in your face. So I love that, especially, so here's a great idea, right? You know, one of my favorite things is a potato galette, which is basically like a, you know, it's just shredded potato in a saute pan, get it nice and crispy. And then I put smoked salmon on there and then you can grate something that really does have a lot of citrus um, uh, terpenes in there and, and grate it right on top. And it's boom, it just brings out and accentuates the smoked salmon. So, you know, for me, honestly, I, and again, just full disclosure, it's not it's just not about that for me. It's it's about making sure that it's good quality oil. The carrier carrier oil is organic. It needs to be a very simple process for me. You know, water extraction. You know, it just there's certain things that are important to me more so than just again from a business standpoint, more so than just the you know the strain or how it's going to no really the strain and the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here uh, is a question I have. This is a, a personal, uh, looking for some advice. Uh, I am doing duck breast on Christmas Day as our uh, our meal. Just uh, usually, uh, I Gordon Ramsay, I followed a video where he starts cold, uh, sears them, and then puts them in the oven. How would you suggest if I was going to infuse some cannabis in my meal, cooking duck breast, what would you suggest I do? Okay. So first of all, chef knows what he's talking about. So any first duck breast, you always want to, obviously, I always remove the tenderloin and I'll just cook it on the side. It cooks in its duck fat and I just have a Scooby snack for me and you. You can leave that between us. You deserve it. So I take the tenderloin off. Um, I score all the fat, really, really important. You know, also not only get flavor in there, but it helps to render the fat out when you're scoring it. Okay, and helps to cook it more evenly. That duck fat is gold. What I would do is, do you like cranberries? Yes. 
Okay, excellent. So I would do a cranberry sauce or a cranberry puree. And so I would wait until, and I would make sure that if your cranberries are frozen, that you're, they're thawed out. I would wait until the duck breast is finished. Basically for the majority of the time, it's cooking on its skin side and you're basting it, mm -hmm. okay? And if you have some fresh thyme, I'd put that in the pan too. And when that comes out, then you're gonna put, with all that duck fat, you're gonna put um, all your cherry tomatoes excuse me, your cranberries. Right. And you're just gonna saute it a little bit, okay? Just to get them soft. Salt and pepper, toss that into a blender and maybe a little bit of honey to offset some of the, the tartness from the cranberries. Add some cannabis oil, puree until smooth, boom. Put it on a plate right in the middle, wait until, until your duck is nicely well rested, slice it. You've got your ladle full of your cranberry sauce right in the middle of the plate. Duck breast right on top. Bon appetit. Oh, man. I can't wait to give that a try. On uh, If my wife lets me into the kitchen uh, to, on Christmas Day, sometimes she just tells me to <laughs> sit and not bother her at all. Okay, this has been so much fun, but I want to wrap with the question uh, that I like to ask uh, everybody that joins me. Look into the future. What do you think is the next big thing in cannabis? I think I might know what your answer is, uh, but I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think we have a lot of steps to take before we get here. But I think everyone's, you know, wants their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is to have a cannabis full service restaurant. Are we going to get there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely think we're going to. Are there, you know, are there certain benchmarks that need to take place? Yes, tremendous. And, and, and so... I think we're a little bit of way, but yeah, yeah. 10 years from now. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Full service cannabis restaurants and some really cool ideas. And, and, you know, there are those of us that aren't waiting that long. And, and so, you know, we're, we've got the ideas going and, and yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I also, I also, and I, and I talk about it often and I, and I will say it because it's just so true to who I am and what I believe in. But I really would like to see more cannabis infused food stuff without refined sugar. You know, I, I tweet about it and people have things to say and why, you know, sugar is not that bad for, look, sugar is bad for it. You know, I don't need to be the one, I'm not, I don't play a doctor on TV. It's bad for me and it's bad for people with autoimmune. And so it's not great for us. I would love to see, and if and 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 based on my premise, if sugar is what's in you know causing inflammation, and CBD or you know cannabis is supposed to lower inflammation, the net result is zero. What's the point? So why are we hiding behind it? Let's just create some real food, some teas, some other products void of sugar. I don't understand why everybody. I do understand because it's addictive, but mm -hmm. I don't understand why there are not more people saying what I'm saying, that there, there's a demand for this. And there are people who are suffering with illnesses just like me that don't have the flexibility in their life to make cannabis infused food stuff. And I can't make it for everyone. So we need to make it available and it's not. And so yeah. I would really hope in, in all seriousness and I, you know, there's my soapbox, but you know, I hope that it becomes more available in time. Yeah, me too. Uh, people can visit jordanwagman.com uh, to find out more about uh, what you have going on as far as being a chef, author, uh, podcast host. Uh, really looking forward to working with you more uh, down the road, Jordan. Thank you so much for joining me. Have yourself a great Christmas and all the best in 2021. Thank you, brother. You too. This was awesome. You're, you're amazing and I'm a fan. So thank you. 
is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. That was a fascinating conversation. Um, just the uh, the the links that uh, Jordan has gone to, you know, make sure that he is healthy, and now uh, certainly uh, creating great food uh, for others. And by the way, you can check out One Hitters later in the week featuring Jordan as we get to know his cannabis history. That was a real fun conversation as well. Uh, that'll come out this weekend sometime. You can find it and full episodes at the Cannabis101podcast.ca. You can also subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway. And you can check out our 12 cultivars of Christmas. The final one comes out Christmas Eve. And then you are going to want to check out the contest details at the Cannabis101podcast.ca because we have a killer prize pack. Some great swag from our friends at Nova Cannabis, uh, Pax Era from our good friends at Plant Life. We'll have uh, a Regal Cigar in there and so much more. Man, it's a growing prize pack every day. I don't know how Santa's going to get it to you, but I think he will somehow manage. All right, let's now get into our cannabis character. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Maybe go with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> All right, this week on our Cannabis Character, uh, I'm going back to one of my favorite eras of uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, to a guy who can only be described as, you put your weed in it guy, played by Rob Schneider uh, on SNL. Uh, I love these guys. I loved Sandler. I loved Farley. I loved Spade. I loved Chris Rock. And Rob Schneider, who played uh, this character, uh, he owned a rare artifact shop called Out of Africa Primitive Art. And in this episode, actually, the uh, the the host was uh, Charles Barkley, uh, NBA Hall of Famer, and one of the best uh, on the, uh, the the NBA. A quick little sports rant here: the NBA has the best uh, panel when it comes to. Uh, um, intermissions and um, pre and post game, he they are the best. And and Charles Barkley is hilarious with Shaq and the Jet and everybody. So uh, anyway, Barkley hosted this episode. He's much better on the panel uh, than he certainly was as uh, an actor or anything like that. But uh, Rob Schneider uh, plays the title character. David Spade appears in this, and uh, Charles Barkley as well. So here is the uh, put your weed. In it, guy from Saturday Night Live. Hey, uh, excuse me. Oh, this is great. You put your weed in here. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm looking for a gift for my mother. Is there anything in here that doesn't involve weed? <laughs> well, you can get her this. It's a Senegalese talking drum. Only the head shame in the Senegal is allowed to use it. Wow, that'd be great. She might like something like that. You know what I'd do if I'd bought it? I'd put my weed in there. Yeah. Right in there. 
Hey, is that your Volkswagen van parked out front? Look, man, there's nothing in here that you could put weed into. I just want to tell you, you left your lights on. I turned them off for you. Okay, maybe there's some things in here that you could put tobacco into or incense or spices into, but definitely not weed. What the hell are you talking about? Okay, I guess if this opened up, you could put weed in it, but I can't get it open. It's not like there's weed in there. What is this? Weed? You're under arrest. All right, but don't bother checking the store because there's no weed in that, there's no weed in that, and there's no weed in that. Well, you can talk about it down at the station. Don't bother checking the back of the store. No weed. There we go. Uh, the uh, put your weed in it guy. Like, just one thing. And there was lots of different things and um, sort of different kind of skits that they would do. But this was actually something that me and my buddies used all the time as uh, just, you know, you would look at anything and, You'd be like, somebody like, well, what's this for? And automatically that line would come up. You put your weed in it. So it was used quite a lot uh, by us and I'm sure a lot of other people as well. It's an era of Saturday Night Live that a lot of people don't like, but I absolutely love it. So the put your weed in it guy is our uh, cannabis character played by Rob Schneider from Saturday Night Live this week. <laughs> Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. We have some great partners uh, on this program. Uh, our educator, Chris Ianson, is uh, one of them from Nova Cannabis, Jasper Ave, and uh, Stonesmith. So you can get them at uh, Nova Cannabis uh, either now or very, very soon. Uh, check them out, stonesmith.ca. Uh, but you can also find them at Uncle Ron's in Edmonton and uh, Northern Lights Supply, as well as Green Rock Cannabis in St. Albert and Lethbridge. And uh, you know the really cool thing uh, about this slash is, uh, yeah, it looks awesome. You got the built-in loader, but you also have uh, this really, really cool basically carrying case. Kind of looks like the Trivial Pursuit pie, but it's awesome. And uh, this allows you to not clink a whole bunch of uh, bottles when you're taking your concentrates or cases or anything. Uh, I absolutely love it. So this is a great present that you can pick up. Uh, you know, you can slide into uh, Green Rock Cannabis. See my buddy Daniel pick that up. And uh, they also have a cool concierge program going there as well. If you have somebody on your cannabis wish list, but you're not really sure what, what to get them, first of all, the slash would be awesome. But you can give them just, you know, what you want to spend, what you want to include. If you know if it's flour or edibles, and if you don't know, they'll put something great together. They'll be your little elf and make sure that the uh, cannabis fan on your wish list has uh, taken care of. So check them out at uh, Green Rock Cannabis in uh, St. Albert and check out the slash at stonesmiths.ca. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator.
good friend Chris Ionson joining me once again on What's That Strain, our final edition of uh, What's That Strain for 2020 as we head into the holiday season, and our final one with the name What's That Strain. You know, you and I have been going back and forth. We're trying to look for a new name that better reflects a little bit what we're doing. We're going to move away from the word strain. It's a work in progress. Maybe Santa will deliver it under the Christmas tree on uh, Christmas Day, and we'll have the, the new idea for the name. But this is it. Of course, we have the 12 cultivars of Christmas running right up until Christmas Eve. But busy time for us, for sure, Chris, as we head into 2021. How are things with you? Uh, things with me are, are doing great, Dina, you know, pretty busy still at work. Uh, I've got to get my Christmas shopping started here soon. I, I like to do it last minute, uh, every year. So, uh, I'm going to get on that, uh, here soon. Uh, probably just going to pick up, uh, some, some gifts from the, from the shop actually. So, uh, well, <laughs> I hope everyone likes cannabis. Yeah, exactly. That would be the, that's, that's the perfect gift. I, anybody who is asked and you know, there's not a lot of gift exchanges in our kind of circles, but uh, anybody that has asked, I have mentioned uh, anything cannabis related would be perfect uh, because it's research then, right? Like that's, that's what we're doing is we're researching uh, for the, for the next segment in uh, 2021. But the final segment of 2020 that we are doing is White Lightning, an indica-dominant hybrid, about 60-40 on the indica side. And this is coming to us from Highland Grow under the uh, umbrella of uh, Biome Grow. So tell us a little bit about where this LP comes from and, uh, you know, who's uh, and, and when actually they came about. Yeah, for sure, Dean. So uh, Biome Grow, they started in uh, 2013 uh, out of the Toronto area. Um, and um, they own uh, five sub subsidiary companies across Canada uh, in various provinces, uh, actually in the Maritimes there. They've got uh, Highland Grow out of Nova Scotia. Uh, they've got the Back Home Medical Cannabis Company in Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, Great Lakes Cannabis in Ontario, and um, the Red Sands Craft Cannabis in PEI. And uh, all four of those places, are our facilities are are. are growing uh, a brand of cannabis uh, specific to to the area in the province uh, and then they've also got a, a company a, a retail based company called weed virtual retail inc in ontario as well so um they're they, they're looking to have a, pre a pre presence in in each province uh, eventually that's kind of the, the plan here so hopefully soon we'll see i don't know uh prairie prairie cannabis you know they'll have an alberta uh lp going as well so uh yeah it's pretty pretty cool what they're doing dean yeah, I like the theme that uh, that they're going with for sure. Uh, really uh, kind of gives it a, a bit of a regional flavor. So who are the people that are behind the company? Yeah, for sure. So Biome uh, Grows, their CEO is uh, Kuram Malik, uh, and he comes from an investment banker's background. Uh, seems like a very interesting guy. Did a little bit of research there. You know, a lot of cool stories on on you know where he came from. Uh, and Highland Grow uh, is run by uh, their president and head grower uh, Frank McMaster. Uh, and this guy's got thirty years of growing experience. Um, seems like a very a very cool guy. Just saw some articles uh, that he was in. Uh, just strikes me as the type of guy to. Uh, 
it has been growing cannabis, uses cannabis a lot. He seemed, you know, very passionate about it. So uh, he's the the president of the Highland Grow, but uh, and working with uh, the Biome Grow guys as well. Uh, Highland employs uh, 37 people uh, right now. It's a majority of local um, locals or university students from the St. Francis Xavier University that's uh, that's nearby. So. Uh, it's always nice to see, you know, when LPs are, I guess, uh, contributing to their communities, Dane. Mm, indeed. And uh, with that amount of experience uh, behind, uh, obviously, uh, you're going to get a pretty good product and uh, looking forward to taking it for a run as well. So uh, we know that uh, they love these regions, but where specifically and how do they do their work? Yeah, Dean. So the facility uh, that Highland Grow uses is is, is in Antigonish, Nova Scotia. Uh, it's a 6,500 uh, square foot facility on on 19 acres of farmland. Um, the facility will be expanded uh, to 100,000 square feet uh, that they've kind of got planned out uh, in and and broken down into two phases of of 50 square foot, uh, 50,000 square foot additions um, in in the coming in 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 the future, I guess. Um, all their facilities are on a smaller scale, uh, which is which is nice. It's, it creates that small batch cannabis. Uh, it's e- easier to manage than those enormous ones, uh, and and it allows them to have, uh, you know, let's say these these four facilities that they have. They're four smaller facilities that are producing craft cannabis um, and four different brands uh, that are out there. So, um, pretty cool uh, method to their, their how they how they're operating. Um, the kind of grow they use, Dean, is uh, is a small batch grow, uh, hand trimmed. Uh, similar to to like a, a craft brewery where you know they don't overdo things, um, and they use a hundred percent LED lighting, uh, which is great for the energy efficiencies uh, and and zero pesticides as well. Mm. And uh, actually, all all the bud that I've seen from Highland has been super super crafty and and really high end and nice. Yeah, that is uh, it's such a good thing to see and to hear. And uh, you can check out their website www highlandsgrow.com and as you can see uh, from this picture uh, beautiful pictures uh, of uh, the uh, the ocean area uh, you've got some product uh, listings that they have there you can click through some do- different things I love the pictures they're, they're beautiful pictures and uh, you know I, I'd imagine they're still working on their website it's a little bit uh, void of uh, a ton of information. I love that they have the terpene information with the strains, but certainly uh, more information, the better with all LPs out there, in, including Highland. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't agree with you more, Dean. It's I, I love you know going to a, a nice LPs website and seeing their backstory, seeing photos of the facility, having seen the videos up too, uh, getting to meet their team. I want to know who who runs, who's your your master grower. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it'd be nice to kind of to see more info because, you know, I, I want to learn more about them. Like this is kind of, this is it for the info there. So, uh, yeah, um, hopefully there's more to come uh, on the, on the site, but uh, I do appreciate all the cultivars there and, and some of some really unique ones there too. Yeah, exactly. As we're looking at the, uh, the white lightning. So uh, check it out. Highlandsgrow.com is uh, where you can find that. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the history with White Lightning. Uh, we've got Hindu crossed with Northern Lights, uh, and that's the, the information off of the website. So take us through the, the lineage and kind of maybe some of the other things that you've heard about the lineage. 
Yeah, for sure, Dean. So, yeah, it's uh, as you mentioned, it's a, a Hindu, which is a, that's a land race uh, that that's uh, the Hindu Kush, and that comes from the the mountain range uh, in between Pakistan and and, and Afghanistan. Um, so the Hindu the Hindu Kush crossed with Northern Lights um, is, uh, is 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 how they've got it on the Highland website. Uh, everywhere else that I, I kind of tracked down and looked into some White Lightning, uh, Ed mentions a, a White Widow and a Northern Lights. Uh, which is kind of a, a real true celebrity lineage there. Those are two leg- legendary uh, cultivars. Um, but within the White Widow, um, uh, there is uh, some land races uh, similar to the Hindu Kush. So um, I don't see it being too, too far off there. Um, and yeah, I, I think uh, as we mentioned, there's a, like a, a 60-40, uh, definitely more, more of, of an indica, of a very relaxing smoke, but uh, uh Super good genetics, though, with uh, mm-hmm. either either the Hindu Kush in the Northern Lights or the White Widow in the Northern Lights. Uh, anything Northern Lights for me uh, is always mm-hmm. going to be uh, heavy, um, tasty, and uh, just a, a big, big fan of seeing any kind of Northern Lights at any one of the five that are out there. Uh, no doubt. Okay, so we know um, uh, how uh, Highlands Grow puts this together and in the process they use. Who came up with this? Who bred this? Who's the the uh, the mad scientist behind this? Yeah, so uh, in, in my research, I, I, I tracked down that the British Columbia Seed Company uh, were the were the first to kind of go with the the White Lightning. Um, I, I did reach out to Highland Grow to kind of see uh, you know if they had any more information or whose genetics they were using. I haven't heard back from them yet, so uh, hopefully they uh, you know get in touch with you here here soon, Dean, and, and I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but uh, yeah, not too much more information on that, unfortunately. All right. Well, we do know that uh, the batch uh, that I picked up using Click and Collect uh, is 24.4%. So that's certainly on the higher end scale. And we'll tell you a little bit later where we think that fits in on the uh, who, what, and when. Uh, But how about the name? White Lightning. What's in a name? Yeah, so it's uh, for for me. It's the genetics namesake. It's that white widow in the northern lights. Um, it's also I've seen it's it's named with how fast it hits you. It's like a bolt of lightning to your head and to your body. Uh, it it does come on pretty quick uh, when you do smoke it. Uh, a couple puffs into into a joint, and I I definitely kind of start to notice, <laughs> uh, you know, things are happening. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, hitting this right away, but we have to talk about a few more things before we get there, and one of them is the look, and so we'll get into the uh, close-up of this, and uh, man, there oh. is there is Tricombe City, uh, but uh, man, uh, so many kind of vivid colors, some darks, uh, some lights, uh, what, did you, what do you see in this? Yeah, so I was so impressed when I first cracked the bag and saw it. It just it was caked with crystals. I mean, that's the first thing. It's so noticeable. Uh, but we got some really nice uh, dark green buds, kind of two-toned, a little light green and dark green in there. Um, and it's just dusted with the trichomes. Uh, looks really nice under the magnifying glass, uh, for sure. Um, and the shape uh, of the buds, I, I'm a big, big fan of just how when buds kind of look like that. Um I, I think they did a, a really good trim job as well, Dean. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. When you crack the bag open, what's the first whiff you got? For me, earthy, uh, earthy and sweet uh, with with some skunk overtones on, on the smell. Uh, that was kind of my take on it for sure. Um, I uh, yeah. I got skunk right off the bat, like that first. 
I, I cracked it open, first of all, for Nosy McGee to uh, have a whiff, and that's uh, for anybody new to the show. My wife uh, uh, takes an unbiased. We don't tell her anything about it. We just crack the bag, throw it in front of her, and uh, see what she smells. She got citrus uh, right off the bat. She got a, a bit of an orange smell. I got skunky right away. So there's a few different uh, uh, taste and flavor profiles in there. And then when we get to the terpenes, uh, some of that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it, you're right, Dean. Uh, with the terpenes that we have here, uh, caryophylline is uh, our, our dominant one there. So that's black pepper and spices. Uh, we've got myrcene uh, secondary there, and that's the earthy earthiness, and it's also found in mangoes. Uh, and then limonene uh, was our third, and that's uh, the citrus and kind of the fruitiness uh, to it, the sweetness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it kind of does relate to, to how it smells there. It's, it exactly does for sure. Uh, all right, everybody reacts differently when it comes to cannabis. So uh, having said that, we don't want to tell you exactly what you're going to experience, but I would like to know what you did experience. What was your experience, Chris? Yeah, um, it was great. Um, it was a real nice electric head buzz right off the start. Uh Found it to be warm, kind of warm in my head too, which was uh, interesting and nice. Uh, very uplifting, uh, put me in a good mood right away. Um, you know, it had a lot of kind of like he- head stuff happening uh, initially right off the hop. And then it settled into a really nice, melty, uber relaxing body high, uh, super soothing. Um, and it was... Um, my first joint of the white lightning was after after a long I had a long hard day of uh, you know receiving receiving a cannabis order that was uh, eight master case it was just a lot of heavy lifting a lot of me hustling uh, my body was a bit aching and and the white lightning helped a lot it just put everything at ease uh, I kind of melted into my couch and uh, I couldn't stop smiling Dean it was uh, it was great uh, yeah I was a big fan. You know, and and I and I know that uh, in the, uh, the the retail rec market, you guys are not allowed to talk about uh, health effects. But you know, I on this show can tell you uh, that this sounds like it's like the perfect post sport cultivar, right? Like you got to make some pains from yeah. like, your rec league hockey game if we ever get back to that or whatever it might be. This is the this is like the the uh, the post game athlete uh, cultivar that uh, from what I'm hearing, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm firing up the uh, supernova, uh, the uh, volcano hybrid that I picked up using click and collect at uh, Nova Cannabis from you uh, many many moons ago, and I'm getting ready to taste this out. But uh, as I do, what are the three W's? Uh, we like to call them who, what, and when is this good for? Yeah, Dean. So, uh, who it's good for? It's intermediates and up, uh, definitely. Maybe even like a uh, a two point five. Like you've been an intermediate, for, comfortable with some some intermediate cannabis. Uh, just due to the fact that we've got some high THC levels here, uh, it can be a little intense for the new consumer. Um, I also think who it's good for. It's anyone looking to unwind and chill. Uh, just get get your relax on. I think it's great for that if you're ready for for this kind of THC level. Uh, what it's good for. Couch time, movies, uh, funny movies, and and documentaries. I, I kind of got into both, and I, it, it worked out really well. Um, contemplative thinking too. I really kind of deep dive, uh, deep dove in, in inside my head for a few things. Uh, uh, just kind of found like I guess creative juices were flowing. Um, 
I think it would also be really good for uh, having a bath or like uh, arts and crafts, like a chill arts and crafts session, maybe some like Christmas baking. Um, it is pretty relaxing. Um, yeah. Uh, well, when is good for Dino? Sorry, I just wanted to jump in about the arts and crafts. Uh, you know, we're, we're yeah. in our own households right now uh, over Christmas. This is perfect. Do something, have a craft Christmas craft night with your family. And as long as everybody's above age, include cannabis in it and see kind of what the creativity comes out of it. Have some fun with this. Let loose. And this is the perfect cultivar for arts and crafts in quarantine, basically. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely, Dino. <laughs> All right, when um, is it good for? And when it's good for is the evening time. Uh, after work is is great. Uh, I don't I don't think it's too, the best daytime cultivar uh, unless you you you're planning on having a super chill day because uh, you just might be on the couch for uh, you know most of the morning. Um, but yeah, that, those are the three W's, Dino. Well, this is per- this is uh, just sounds perfect for. Unfortunately, what we're kind of dealing with right now, right? We're restricted to our homes. We're staying inside. Uh, a Christmas arts and craft nights over the holidays, or it doesn't even have to be Christmas, post-Christmas uh, with white lightning. Or, you know, maybe it doesn't sound like it's the greatest wake and bake strain, unless maybe it's Christmas Day and Santa drops some white lightning under the tree and you're like, hey, what else am I going to do except for watch World Juniors and football and whatever else it might be? So maybe it's like your Christmas Day wake and bake. Maybe that's how we'll uh, we'll promote this one. So uh, I love uh, the uh, the arts and crafts idea with this, though. I'm going to make a stone snowman uh, using some white lightning. Uh, okay, I'm going to uh, fire this up for the taste. What did you taste when you had it? Uh, for me, Dean, I, I tasted the uh, earthy and, and sweet. Those were the two main flavors, uh, you know, taking it in. Um, definitely sweet on the aftertaste. Uh, and I, I kind of found it to linger on the lips a bit and, and on the tongue, uh, which I, I always enjoy. Um, and also when, when I was consuming it in, in the, my joints, uh, it was very smooth, uh, a very like nice and smooth smoke. Uh, really, really uh, nicely grown cannabis too. Yeah, I would uh, wholeheartedly yeah. agree. I like it. And I'm I'm looking for I got the same uh, earthy and then uh, there was some uh, some berry mixed in there as well. So I I'm, I'm looking to explore this a little bit more, find out whatever kind of tastes and uh, things that kind of come out of it. So uh, I I enjoy it though and I can't wait for the uh Millard Arts and Crafts night uh, over. I'll send you a picture of uh, all the creative things that I do with this one. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is White Lightning, an indica-dominant hybrid, 60-40. Uh, on the indica side, it's 24.4%, so it is very high THC. Uh, intermediate and up, a 2.5, almost level 3. Great for arts and crafts, uh, especially in the evening time, and it's from Highlands Grow. Check it out at highlandsgrow.com. Uh, before we go, Chris, uh, we have to talk about... Uh, what we're always after at this time of the year, last-minute stocking stuffers. Everybody's looking for something, running around. You're going to do your shopping at the store. I might stop at a, you know, if, if I was going over to somebody's house, I'd stop at a gas station, get the air freshener for them for Christmas presents. But uh, you guys do have some reduced holiday hours, but some great stocking stuffer ideas for that last-minute gift. Uh, yeah, Dean, uh, for sure. So yeah, the holiday hours, uh, Christmas Eve, we're, we're closing our stores up uh, a little bit earlier. My store's going to be closing at 5 p.m. And it kind of, uh, just so our staff can kind of get home and enjoy, I guess, the Christmas time. Um, 
with that though, those last minute uh, stocking stuffers, um, I mean, we've, we've got our Christmas sticks. Uh, I love that uh, Trailblazer came out with a, a holidays oriented uh, uh, Christmas stick. And um, we've also got our uh, candy cane chocolates. Uh, our, our, the Christmas sticks and the candy cane chocolates are on sale kind of as a Christmas promotion leading up to the holidays there. Uh, or accessories, you know, we've got little pipes and grinders. There's uh, really sweet rolling trays uh, uh, just uh, for the, you know, the cannabis uh, enthusiast in your life. It's nice to uh, uh, throw some treats into their stocking. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, it's so easy. It's a great stocking. I, I hope my entire stocking is filled with some sort of uh, cannabis paraphernalia or another or some great product, maybe some white lightning, and I'll be doing my Christmas Day wake and bake. Uh, all right, man, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to have a new name next year. Same great product, uh, but uh, I really appreciate uh, all the hard work that you've put in for this show over the last uh, 78 episodes and uh, counting. Um, it's been a lot of fun, man, and I look forward to continuing this in uh, 2021. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Chris. Yeah, Dean, uh, thanks for having me, buddy. It's uh, It's been great. So, yeah, and Merry Christmas to you, man. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. That'll wrap things up for our uh, final um, main episode of 2020. We will have our uh, top five stories of 2020 with David Wiley coming out next week. And then it's on to bigger and better things in 2021 we certainly have a lot of things planned here at the cannabis 101 podcast that will go uh, beyond this show and you can you can watch all of it unfold on our youtube channel we'll also have these uh, shows streaming on social media channels as well so please check it out at the cannabis at www.cannabis101podcast.ca you can also get the weed weekly there and that is everything that's going on with the cannabis 101 podcast you just head to the website, click subscribe, and you're in the mix. Every Friday, you can win a prize pack, but only for subscribers. It comes right to your inbox, recaps the show, our giveaway, as mentioned, a few other things that we try to throw in there. So just a good way to keep up with the show and everything that is uh, going on with the program. And if you would like to join us on the program, you certainly can. Uh, email me if you'd like to be a partner of the show, cannabis 101 Podcast at gmail.com or if you think you would make a great guest always looking for great stories to tell and if you like more podcasts check out podcastalley.ca that's where i have uh, a number of uh, different shows um uh, well, a couple of uh, the uh, the sports variety so you can check that out there all right that is going to wrap things up for us on uh, the program and basically for 2020 thank you so much uh, to all of our partners uh, from the oz to the green generation co 
at the Stonesmiths. Uh, the Slash is a great Christmas gift. Uh, Regal Cigars, uh, Chris Ianson, our educator of Nova Cannabis on Jasper Ave. Uh, everybody that has made this show uh, what it is, thank you so much. And the most important is you, the listener and the viewer. So thank you to everybody for joining me. I consider you all of my partners. And we're back at it again next week with our top five stories with David Wiley. And then not again until... Uh, the first week of January. So happy Festivus, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year, whatever else you are celebrating, please do it safely, responsibly, and hopefully you will do it uh, by enjoying some cannabis. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We leave you, as always, uh, with the artist My Dad Dog and the Marijuana Song. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you in 2021.